Hello, ladies and gentlemen, I'm Jesse DePlantis. I'm coming to Only Believe Ministries once again there in Botkins, Ohio. Peter and Phyllis, I'm looking forward to see you guys. I'll be there Saturday, January the 2nd at 6.30 p.m., and then Sunday, January the 3rd at 10 a.m. Bring a friend, share a miracle. We always start our year out right there at Only Believe Ministries. Why? Because isn't that wonderful to have that kind of name? Only Believe. I'll see you Saturday, January the 2nd, at 6.30 p.m. and Sunday, January the 3rd at 10 a.m. Bring a friend, share a miracle. We're going to have a wonderful time. 2021 is coming, and it's about time we start having a great time. See you there. Hey, OBM family. It's that time of year again. It's our candlelight Christmas Eve service, and we want your family to join ours. 6.30 p.m. on December 24th. We're going to be remembering the beautiful birth of Christ. And I can't think of a better time to invite somebody that doesn't know Jesus so we can share the gift of Christ. Everybody needs a Savior. I'll see you then. Morning Only Believe Ministries. How's everybody out there? Miss Ella in the front row in her Christmas suit. You look so pretty. Well, we are, in case someone doesn't know... There's only four days until Christmas. In case you don't have your Christmas shopping done, you might want to go directly after church today. <laughs> For all of you men out there that don't have it finished, I just wanted to say, all the women I've talked to are ready. The men, well, we're almost ready. I'm getting there. Yeah, that's okay. The other day I told Rain on the couch, don't worry, honey. You just wrap my gifts. I'll rip I'll wrap all the other 50 people we have to buy for, and I'll take care of it all. Don't worry about it. He said, oh, thank you, honey. That's good. Well, we want to welcome all you live streamers out there today. Whatever platform you're viewing on today, welcome to our church family, and we're glad that you're viewing. We know some of you are out of town already. Some of you are in Florida for the holiday, and we just want to say we love you, and we're glad you're viewing with us today. Can't wait till you come back home, because we are waiting. Okay, so two announcements that are really, really important today. One, I want to talk to you about 21 days of prayer starting January 3rd. What better way to start our year than to literally consecrate ourselves to 21 days of prayer to reset our focus on what God's focus is, that our heart would beat for what makes his heart beat, and that we would be moved for what moves him. Amen? Amen. So 21 days from the 3rd of January till the 24th of January, we are going to be fasting. I know that pastors are coming in from all over the United States. They fast and pray the first weekend of January. They're going to be with us. But I'm asking, the church will be open all day long for you, closing at 8 o'clock in the evening. But the significant time will be that if you want to join in corporate prayer from 7 p.m. until 8 p.m. If that schedule doesn't work for you, then you can come in during the day and leave as you choose. That's fine. We're just asking. Prayer is important to the church. Amen? We cannot forget. Remember, the Acts Church in 242, they gave themselves over to four things. It was the doctrine. It was communion. It was breaking bread and prayer. Prayer. That was important. So fellowship's important. Prayer is super important in our church. And we have to do what's important to the Lord. Amen? All right, number two. The important is 
January the 6th, we start small groups at OBM on Wednesday nights. They run for 13 weeks, but if you're going to sign up, we need you to sign up now so that we know how much um, copies and all those things to make for each group. So we're asking that you can do that online, or if you don't want to do it online, you can head straight out to the Welcome Center and we will walk you through it with an iPad and get you signed up for the class. It doesn't mean that a Wednesday night service is not happening in the main house. It means that there are six other small groups that are happening on site on Wednesday night. And then there's some other groups that are not going to be meeting on Wednesday nights, but they're a part of another night. Um, there's some great groups. Please go online and look at what those are. And again, our Welcome Center would be more than happy to help you and talk to you about what those are. Last but not least, all of you look at your neighbor and say, you and me made 1,200 cards for the old folks. 1,200 cards. We hit more than our quota, so we were able to add a whole bunch of other nursing homes that were not going to be touched. So thank you for all your hard work and dedication. You made someone else's Christmas very special. Stand to your feet. We're going to worship the Lord and give him all of our praise today. Let's celebrate Jesus.
make a dead man walk again. Did you hear that? This is the praise that'll make a dead man walk again. Oh, come on. The praise that'll make a dead man with dry bones walk again. Tell you what, our God is so good. It didn't matter what he saw in that valley. It didn't matter what it was. He said, come to life. And guess what? It came to life. Didn't matter his circumstances. God said, come to life. So let's praise like it didn't matter our circumstances because God will take the dead bones and turn them into life. Your dry, hopeless situation and bring it to life. Let's do it.
back in the prayer room with the altar team, I saw this. Many have been going through and as you're being buffeted by the enemy and buffeted by the enemy and buffeted by the enemy. And I saw you taking a giant step into a new season. So praise him, church. The battle belongs to the Lord.
sitting here and I'm thinking, holy, holy is the Lord. And uh, just, just a word of encouragement because as we're singing these songs, the last couple weeks I've been kind of digesting and breaking down what Christmas really means to me. And the thing that keeps coming to me is Christmas would never have to happen if I didn't sin. And because of my sin, Christmas had to happen because he had to come to be the perfect sacrifice for Shane Jacobs. And as I'm sitting there and I'm digesting this stuff on a daily basis, the thing that keeps coming to me is that little kid's song, this little light of mine. I'm going to let it shine. Won't let Satan blow it out. And it's like, and then the part that really gets me is hide it under a bushel. No. And I think so many times in my lifetime, I've burnt my hand because I'm trying to hide the light. And I'm trying to cover it in certain places and say, well, gee, oh, they know how I am. They know me. They, they know, but God says, tell them, tell them, tell them about Christmas. Why is Christmas important? Because of each one of our sins. And holy is the Lord. So, Word of encouragement.
Thank you, Jason. That's very kind of you. Woo, I get the chance to take offering up before Christmas. Boy, you don't understand how excited I am today. I get so excited about offering. Um, I'm just, I'm just going to share something that God put on my heart about this. You know, the Bible says in John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he loaned, <laughs> he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. And so when I think about what God did, you know, sometimes to the human mind, it doesn't make sense to give. You know, sometimes you look at people and you go, I can't give to Jim Scott. You know how Jim is now. Peggy Scott I can give to. But Jim, come on now, we all know how Jim is, okay? You know, so sometimes to the human mind, it doesn't make sense to give. But you know, the Bible says, I think it's in uh, Romans uh, uh, 5 and 8 that, uh, that, that, but God commanded, you know, his love toward us, that, 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 that while we were sinners, Christ died. So I'm about to mess with your religion a little bit. See, it didn't make sense for Christ to die because we were still sinners. But the Bible says that God so loved the world that he gave even when you weren't right. Even when you didn't deserve it, God said, I'm going to give. So today, guess what we get a chance to do? We get a chance to give. We get to be like God today. <laughs> we, we get a chance to give. So, so I, I just want to encourage you that, that the Bible talks, of, you know, I heard somebody say, you know, it's better to give than to receive. I said, well, you know what? Let me see what the Bible says about that. So when I read the scripture in Acts 20, 35, it says, I have showed you all things how that so laboring ye ought to support the weak and to remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he said, it is better. No, he said this, it is more blessed to give than to receive. So then I thought, well, you know what? Maybe I'm just being a little funny, you know, better, more blessed. But then I started studying what it means to be blessed. And I'm going to tell you something, better and blessed are not equal. Okay, I got two minutes. So, <laughs> a, a, a favor or a gift bestowed by God, that's blessed. There, thereby bringing happiness, uh, uh, the invoking of God's favor upon a person. From a biblical point of view, a blessed person is first and foremost a man or a woman who is in relationship with God through Jesus Christ and who no longer submits to the world but now submits to the word of God. That's what it means to be blessed. And the Bible says when we give, we are more blessed. Oh, see, you, It's not just being better. It's being who God called you to be and experiencing what he has desired for you to experience from the beginning. So today as we give, just know that you are more blessed. 
as you give. And listen, don't let it end here. Don't let it end here. You're going to see some people, and you're going to look and say, you know that joker don't even speak to me half the time. But I'm going to go ahead and bless them. I'm going to go ahead and be like God. And I'm just going to be what the Word says, more blessed. So if you need a tithe or author an envelope, raise your hand. Uh, one of our ushers will get one to you, or you can look uh, in, the, in the pew in front of you. And, and let's just pray. First of all, let's just thank God that we are more blessed. Amen. Amen. Let's pray over your giving. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, it is truly wonderful to be in the house of the Lord today. It is truly awesome, God, to be around other believers, God. It is truly wonderful to be encouraged, to be encouraged. That's something that the world isn't doing today, but it, we are encouraged through you and your word, and we're going to be a source of encouragement. It's going to start with our giving today, and it's not going to end when we leave this building, God. We're just going to continue to walk in the blessing that you have caused us to have. And God, we just thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come up to the altar and bring your tithe unto the Lord. Christmas time. Hallelujah. The great celebration of the birth. The son of the living God that brought us salvation became the mediator between God and man. Hallelujah. Uh, Wednesday, no, Thursday night at 6.30, we are having our candlelight service as we come together. It'll be a communion also. We encourage you to bring family, friends, and invite people out. And uh, if they don't come, drag them. Hallelujah. No, it'll be a great time for them. And uh, then, is it next week? Yep. Yep, next week. I am, uh, you need to be here. And then the month of January, I'm starting a series. What's going on in this mess? And uh, so... Uh, Everybody says 2020, 2020 was just a terrible year. 
but you would have never got to 2021 if you hadn't went through 2020. Amen? So it'll cause you to be grateful. All right, let's turn our Bibles to Matthew 1, 18. I am, uh, before we get started, where's Rick and Sharon Musser? Rick and Sharon, come on up here. Uh, Sharon and uh, Rick just stepped out of uh, being the heads over our greeters, uh, but I didn't believe him because they haven't changed one iota since, since they've been here. But they have been heads of the usher team for 20 years. 20 years. Now, Rick looks like he's aged, but it doesn't look like... No, I'm kidding. And so they have been faithful with that, and Rick has been on the... Uh, what do you call that? The gun squad. Uh, they, uh, the security team. And uh, they've just been so faithful and helpful. And it's people like that. 20 years. But a lot of people aren't even married 20 years. And, uh, you know, uh, far be that anybody would work at a company for 20 years. But they have volunteered uh, in that greeters for 20 years. What an outreach and what a time of dedication and devotion. So you just give them a good round of applause today. Amen. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you, Rick. Praise God. Are you keeping buying cars? Uh, yeah, I'm kind of done. Oh, are you done? Okay. All right. I, I keep seeing you get more cars. I'm thinking, I can't get a bicycle. Oh, is that the way it's supposed to be? It's her rule. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> Phyllis, learn that, will you? Praise God. Hallelujah. So turn your Bible to Matthew 1.18. And it says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise, when as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. That's almost unfathomable. Fathomable, fathom, yeah. that's almost hard to comprehend. You, you can see why the nation of Israel could not grasp until the angel revealed to them what it meant. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream. Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now let's jump over to uh, Luke, the first chapter, and verse 32. This is one of the things that I remember about my father. Don't remember much about him, but I do remember that he read the Christmas story to me and my brother one time, and I, I know my brother needed it more than me, but uh, he read it to us, and I'll, I'll 
Always remember the place that he did that. And then in verse 32, it says this, a light to lighten the Gentiles. Whoops, wrong one there. Go over there, 32, Peter. Okay, all right. And he shall be great and shall be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there shall be no end. Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also the holy thing which shall be born unto thee shall be called the Son of God. The Son of God. Hallelujah. As we start looking at the scriptures today and through this season, we have been discussing Emmanuel. His name shall be called Emmanuel, Jesus, God with us. But I want to talk to you about the Son of God because this is not just some human being that lived good, right, was known among the people for being a just man as Joseph was. No, this was actually the son of the living God. And that you might not think that is important in today's society, but as we hear the name of Jesus Christ, we hear it being slandered, cursed, defiled, polluted, thrown out in manners that a name of anybody that had honor would never use their name or have their name used. But Jesus, is his name is used and abused and thrown, and it is the only name of a people that are devoted to serve God. It is the only name that is cursed openly among mankind. And so today I want to talk about that there is no other man there is no idol. There is no religion that can today, nor ever has been, nor ever will be able to declare with evidence that is undisputable, undeniable, that he was and is the only begotten Son of God. Now there are people... Uh, in the world today say that they are the son of God. Yet, all they would have to do is do one miracle and we would believe them. They are charlatans, they are lies. And we also call to remembrance all other religions. Buddha did not say he was the son of God. Confucius, Hinduism, Allah, none of them have declared that they are the sons of God. And if they had declared it, all we would have to do is ask them for evidence of it. Could again, amen. And so, I want to talk to you about the entitlement and the name 
the entitlement of the Son of God in the name of Jesus Christ. And it says in Matthew 14, 33, that as they were in this ocean, that as they came into the church, into the ship, this is where Peter had been walking on the water. And it says, and once Peter got into the boat with Jesus, they immediately were at the other side. That's talking a power boat. And when they got to the other shore, it says when they got on the ship, that they got on their knees and they worshipped him and they said this, Thou art the Son of God. Our redemption is not something that we have conjured up. It is the plan and the purpose of the living God. The Bible says that God himself in Acts 20, 28, God himself, which was God with us in Christ Jesus, the word of God made flesh. This is the person of Jesus. This is the, the Godhead. This is the God that created the earth and in him is personal. Is, he is personified so that you and I can see him and understand him. And so that we may know him instead of just an image that we conjured up, a philosophy that we come up with, and our own ideas, but that we could actually see God and come to know him without a shadow of a doubt. He comes and he reveals who he is. God himself shed his blood to redeem us. Amen. And we must never, ever, disrespect Jesus or God by saying, I'm going to talk to the man upstairs. He is not a man. Come on, he is not a man. He is from conception, from the beginning and before the beginning of time and the world, he has been known as the Son of God. And when we call him the Son of God, that makes him equal with God. The Pharisee said, you call yourself the Son of God, making yourself equal with God. And even the demons in Mark, the third chapter, verse 11, it says, the unclean spirits, when they saw him, they fell to the ground. And they said, Thou art the Son of God. Yet our world that we live in has rejected Him, scorned Him, mocked Him. And we as His people must realize that He is a holy child. He was born of the Holy Ghost. That it, there was a supernatural conception and he was born of a virgin now I know that you know these things but we should never get tired of having them rehearsed in us amen and then in Mark the 15th chapter even sinners know that he is the son of God even sinners and some are ashamed that when they use the name they'll say oh forgive me Forgive my French. It's not French, son. It's blasphemy. 
Amen? There's nothing French about it. And in Mark 15, 39, it says, and there was a centurion at the cross. He had doubts about who Jesus was. He was carrying out his job, his mandate, his command from Pilate. And he brings him up and he helps Jesus and all of the crowd get to the top of Calvary. And he probably dictates to men, go ahead and nail him to the cross. And he allows things to happen. Jesus is stabbed in the side. People are mocking him. The Pharisees are challenging him. Hey, you said you were the son of God. You saved others. Why don't you come down off the cross and save yourself? Not that Jesus couldn't have come down and been justified in doing so, but he would not do so because you and I needed what was about to happen as he hung on that cross. Jesus needed to shed his blood. Jesus needed to die in order to verify the proclamation that he was the Son of God. And as Jesus dies at 6 o'clock, all of creation in that area goes black. The sun quits shining. The stars won't break forth. It's like there's a hush all over the nation of Israel. And the centurion hearing the voice of creation says, surely this was the Son of God. Even sinners understand that Jesus was born of the Holy Ghost. Now, not all sinners have made that public. Not all sinners have dedicated themselves to live under what Christ has done, but they have and do honor that name. So even sinners recognize that Jesus is the Son of God. And then in John 20, 31, the Scriptures reveal to us and confirm that Jesus of Nazareth was the Son of God. Could anybody doubt that He was the Son of God? I think sometimes we as Christians get so familiar with our Christianity that we forget the cost that has been paid, the devotion that we have made, the commitment that we have accepted, and we treat it as if it was a covenant between two men. It's not a covenant between two men. Salvation is a covenant between God, His Son, and you and I. But it cannot be handled as something ordinary. Christianity has been bought by God giving Him, giving His only begotten Son. Wow. Jesus was born of a virgin. He was the only begotten Son of the living God. Think about those words. A woman 
that had never known a man conceives a child. Would you have believed that story in Bethlehem? Would you have believed that story out on the hill when the angels appeared? Would you have believed that a young girl, 15 years old, conceived a child from the Holy Ghost, from God himself? I would have thought that she had been spending too much time in the corn bin and that some of it had fermented and she had drank some early stages of moonshine. I would have thought she lost her mind. But it truly happened. Could again, amen. Jesus was not, neither is he, a philosopher. He is not just a good man. He's not even a religion. And I say this, he's not a building and he's not the church. You and I are the church. But he is nothing where men have gleamed their idolatrous religions from. Now, am I opposed to other religions? I am opposed to the ignorance that rules men and helps usher them into an eternity without God. And I have no right with me standing in knowledge to deny them the access of at least hearing about the Son of God. Oh, but they're Buddhists. They won't believe. Really? Paul was the chief of all sinners, and he believed. God has a way of taking what we think is impossible and making it possible. I mean, let's just... Who, who's a college graduate? Do we have any? Did any of you go through high school? Okay. Lynn, Lynn you're, you're through Bible college. Uh, you're through college. Uh, so, Lynn, uh, yet you're sitting here today. Uh, how long have you been coming to this church? 14 to 15 years. And you come to this church serving what seems an impossible action that you believe that a virgin gave birth to the child of God. You believe that. And she's an educated person. I've heard that Christianity is a weak man's per, uh, religion. I heard it's an ignorant person's religion. Please do not wake me up from my ignorance. But some way, God takes this extreme, wondrous, non-expectant, unintelligent, ununderstanding 
story about the virgin birth and a man living a sinless life and hanging on a cross and dying and he takes it and people believe. Don't tell me that every sinner that, that is in this place that's been saved can understand it, but a Buddhist cannot. See, it's not your job to make them believe. It's your job to share them what you believe. And God will take what you believe and will cause a man or a woman to believe. And they will be just like the, the uh, yes, the one from the Ephesus that Philip led to the Lord, the, the uh, yeah, he was a eunuch. And he said, can I be water baptized? Well, Philip said, do you believe? I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. He was being raised, laboring, and under the command of an idolatrous nation in Ephesus. If he believed, can everybody that you know believe? Yes. But it's not just about us telling them a story that they need. Well, you know, if, if, if you gave your life to Jesus, you'll be blessed. Maybe, maybe not. I, I don't know. Lazarus was a poor man. He wasn't blessed. But God wanted him blessed. I understand that God wanted him blessed. He wants us all blessed. But you never know what evil is going to come. Ecclesiastes, the 11th chapter, verse 7 and 8. You never know what the devil is going to do. But we serve God not based on the agreements that we're going to get something or that life is going to become rosy because I'll just tell you, many are the afflictions of the righteous. And it's through much tribulation do we enter into the kingdom of God. And if somebody promised you a rose garden, sweetheart, you were listening to the wrong musical artist. And what we have to do is this. We believe that Jesus is the Son of God. There is enough power in you telling that story to save the world. The message has never changed. We have probably tried to paint it up, pretty it up, give people a new pair of glasses to see it rosier, but really the gospel is simple. You have to believe that Jesus Christ was born of a virgin, that he accomplished life without sin, that he went to the cross and he died for you, and that he rose again from the dead, and that God has crowned him Lord and Christ, and if you'll confess him with your mouth, a person can be saved. But they have to hear that it is not Buddha. Why do people believe that? Because they have no hope. Well, why do they believe in Hinduism? Because you have never told them any different. And so you and I have a mission to proclaim that Jesus is the son of the living God. Never be ashamed of it. Never bow down to the names they may call you. Never ever be intimidated 
by intelligence, educated people, because knowledge will cover the earth. But knowledge doesn't give power, and knowledge does not save unless they accept it by faith. There's a woman that we know, she was in the dentist office, and uh, they were talking about how many languages they knew. Uh, you know, one was, oh, I know some German, and I know this, and, and uh, she was just there listening and talking. I, you know, women, they just, they, they've always got to have the last word. At least they've got to have some word. And so she says, well, I know a, a foreign language. They said, well, what is it? And she said, it's the Holy Ghost that gives me the utterance. And she just took off praying in the Holy Ghost. Now, you can imagine the look on their face when she tells them that God is giving her words to speak. This woman has had too much gas. No, we have to tell people. Remember, without Jesus Christ coming, no man will come to the place of knowing God. Remember, there are many religions, many opportunities, many ways that people proclaim to be God. You haven't heard the latest is aliens. No, uh, I went to visit someone that was in our church for years, and she's just so solid. Uh, but her husband gave me a book on aliens. And he said, I wrote this book. He said, it's really gospel all, all, all the way. I said, oh, I said, so how did you come up with this? He said, well, I searched the Internet. Now, please let me tell you, the Internet is not the inspired Word of God. In fact, in many places, it is inspired idiocy. I mean, people, you can say anything. And some people are going to believe it. Nikki used to believe that I was a superhero. I used to be Pizza Man. Didn't I, Phyllis? Nikki, I was Pizza Man. Where's Daddy? Oh, he's probably out doing Pizza Man stuff. And, yeah, bringing down crime with flying pepperoni. Now, Nikki didn't know, but she believed what we told her. And, and people and children believe what we tell them today. They believe a fat man some way gets down through a chimney. And you can't even get your arm in it. I went to watch this movie, The Grinch Stole Christmas. And I just went to turn on and I thought, the Grinch never stole Christmas. We gave it away to Santa Claus. We gave it away to Santa Claus. Why do we have to have an imaginary being that draws away from Christ to buy somebody a gift? I don't care who you say bought it. Just give me the gift. I'm just simple. Hallelujah. I don't care if it says in big letters, from your wife. 
I don't care if it says from your neighbor. I don't care if it says from you. I'm just glad that I got the gift. Now, Jesus is the only way. Many people say, well, we're all headed the same place. No, we aren't, friend. Nope. Jesus said that he was the truth, the way, and the life. And no man could come unto the Father but by him. Jesus is and was the only individual who was called and backed up his own claims of being the Son of God, of being Emmanuel by signs and wonders. No other religion has signs and wonders in the name of its founder. Jesus said in John 10, 25, the works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me. They bear witness of me. Brother Shambach, uh, you know, was, was a friend of mine, and Eric worked for him for years, but he told the story about he was in this country and uh, he was preaching to Muslims and uh, it seemed like they were unattentive. And so he said, okay, bring up all the blind and the uh, deaf. So he brings them up and they just line the stage. He said, now I'm going to pray in the name of Allah and the name of Muhammad. And then I'm going to pray in the name of Jesus. Now, whichever one of those show up, that's who we're going to give our life to. So he prays for all the blind and the deaf. And guess what? Not one sees. Muhammad could not do it. Allah could not do it. But then he used the name of Jesus Christ. And that name of Jesus Christ opened up every blind eye and every deaf ear on that long platform. The reason was that Jesus is the Son of God and the works that are done in His name confirm His identity and His birthright. John 10, 37, If I do not do the works of my Father, then don't believe me. But if I do do them, believe that I have come from God Himself to accomplish the work that he has given me. Hallelujah. John 14, 11, believe in me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Or just look at the evidence. Look at the evidence. What happens in the name of Jesus? Hallelujah. The name of Jesus represents... Jesus' birthright represents his victorious lifestyle and represents his conquering of death and the grave. And the name of Jesus, when mentioned, actually brings not just his presence, but it brings the person of Jesus Christ into the situation. Jesus was the Son of God. Therefore, His name 
must have a supernatural touch upon it. Let's go to Philippians 2, 5. Now the name of Jesus has been given to you and I. Somebody say it belongs to me. And you can use that name to get the same results that others have used in the past. Philippians 2, 5, it says, Let this mind be in you, which was in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made of himself no reputation, but took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in the fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. Every name. Anything that you can put a name on, Jesus is Lord of. And then it says that at the name of Jesus Christ, every knee, every knee, every knee of every creature should bow of things in heaven, things in earth, and things under the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. We see that the name of Jesus had been placed upon him because of his obedience to God, his humble life and servitude to mankind. We also see that that name is above three kingdoms. It is above the things that are in heaven. Even the Father responds to the name of Jesus. Whatsoever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. Real simple, he will give you. And then we know that everything under the earth bows. That is where the kingdom of darkness has to bend its knee. And everything in the earth will bend its knee. And in the end, every tongue will say, he truly was Lord. And so God has given him that name. And we, here on earth, need to use it. Could I have Mark 16, 16? We'll read through 20. Now, Jesus gives us his name. His name does what? Not only represents who he is, but is accompanied by himself. Not just his presence, but he comes. Remember, wherever two or three are gathered in my name, there am I in the midst of them. I think sometimes when we get together and we use that scripture, that we never stay long enough to really let the person of Christ have an effect upon us. We are always in a hurry. We are always in a hurry. Now, let me tell you what I'm going to be doing Wednesday. Now, Wednesday, we won't have any church because we're going to have New Year's Eve service on Thursday night. But you know what I'm going to do Wednesday? 
I'm going to set it aside to make it a day of praise. I'm just going to think on the goodness of God. I'm going to remember that Jesus was the Son of God. I'm going to remember that I have the right to use the name of Jesus Christ. And that has power. And it says, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. These signs shall follow them that believe. In my name, somebody say, in my name. Shall they cast out devils, they're real, and they shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents or throw in-laws out, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick in the name, and they shall what? Recover. So then, after the Lord had spoken unto them, he was received up into heaven. Now he is seated at the right hand of God. And they went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them. With them. He was there. And confirming the word with signs following. Amen. Now you as a believer have the right to use the name that is invested with salvation. Acts 4.12 says, No man can be saved. There is no salvation, no redemption from sin. There is no hope aside from faith in the name of Jesus Christ. No other religion no other philosophy, no other Eastern meditation can do what faith in the name of Jesus can do. None. So you and I have the right to use that name. In Acts 3 and 4, it says that faith in the name of Jesus healed a cripple. Healed a cripple. Healed a cripple. Healed a cripple. He had been crippled from his mother's womb. And he was sitting there, headed up to the temple. And in Israel, nobody can walk ground level, nor can you walk down to the tabernacle of God. He is always raised. And in the Israel... All these steps go up to the temple. Peter and John was making their way up these steps when the crippled man said, Hey, do you guys got any money? They said, No. Silver and gold have we none. But such as we have, give I thee in the name of Jesus Christ. The name of Jesus Christ. Come on, the name of Jesus Christ. The name of Jesus Christ. Where is Larry? Uh, gosh, I just forgot his name. 
Sound man. Larry, where are you? Come here, Larry. Ah, come down here, Larry. The name of Jesus Christ. Come here, Mark. Uh, uh, Fissel. Where's Mark? He's counting the money and out looking a new car. Come up. Come up here, Larry. Now, Larry, tell me a story about your mother. Must have been 15 years ago now. Probably yeah, at least yeah, that. about 15 years ago. Yeah, um, she had actually had an accident where um, there was different chemicals and she breathed them in. And it actually kind of destroyed her nervous system. Um, she couldn't hardly walk. Um, she was walking with a cane, a walker. Um, and a lot of times, um, you know, she'd even use a, a wheelchair sometimes. And one morning we were having a service and you said you were going to pray for everyone. At about and, one o'clock. Yeah, it went, yeah, it went pretty long. And <laughs> I just remember that because I was really hungry. But anyway. Well, I'll tell you why it happened that way. God told me at one o'clock we worship. And I said, okay, man, thank you, Jesus. And he said, now, he said, unbelief has left. The people that are here really want to see something. He said, pray for the sick. I said, oh, gee, many. that was at 1 o'clock. Yeah, so um, I think he said that because he knows that I didn't stay around. Yep. <laughs> but I had went home, but, but, you know, the interesting thing is, is uh, I believe before then I heard God say that he was going to heal my mother. And um, dad came in, and he's, he's all excited. He said, guess what? And then here comes mom and walking, and I mean... All of her muscle mass had been gone in her legs, and all that just appeared. God just gave her new muscles, and she's been running around ever since. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Larry. Hallelujah. But that's how fast. Where, is Mark here yet? I'll tell you what, Mark. Hallelujah. Uh, is uh, Tim? Uh, no, I don't see him. There have been so many miracles in the name of Jesus Christ for our church, for the people in our church, that we as Christians need to use that name. It says that the name of Jesus, when used, glorifies God's only begotten Son. In other words, God, after Jesus' death on the cross, Jesus is buried for three days, he's raised by the faith of God. And it says, and God declares him Lord and Christ. And that name unveils Jesus' unchangeable identity. It unveils his unchangeable will. It unveils the certainty of his salvation. It unveils the identity of his deity. And we as the church need to use the name. Amen? We need to use the name. The Bible says that when they were let go in Acts, the fourth chapter, they cried out and said, God, stretch forth your hand and do signs and wonders in the name of your holy child. 
And the Bible says the place was shaken. And the disciples went out and multitudes were added to the church. Acts 8, Philip preached things concerning the name of Jesus. The city was totally revolutionized. Demon-possessed people were set free. Sick were healed. Cripples made whole. Blind saw. Deaf ears heard. Hallelujah. It was that name. And then, of course, we know that Paul cast out the woman that had a spirit of divination. And he said, in the name of Jesus Christ, come out of her. And she was totally delivered. Now, these are not just stories to the church to make us wish that we could be back then. They are stories today, today, to cause you and I to have our faith built. We believe because we hear. Could it get an amen? That name of Jesus is still as powerful as it ever was. If there's any sick among you, let him call for the elders of the church. They that have an established faith in that name, let them pray over him, anointing him with oil, and the prayer of faith shall save the sick. And the Lord Jesus himself will raise you up. When you mention the name, you're not alone. Let's go today and let's begin to believe. Let's begin to use the name of Jesus. I've seen so many things happen. It's just amazing. And that name of Jesus is not just given to special people. If you believe... If you believe, then you have that name. And if you have that name, then you can demonstrate signs and wonders. Amen. Ron, were you there in Kokomo, Indiana, where uh, Eric and I was there preaching, and we prayed for people that had a muscular dystrophy. They had braces on their legs and I went back to preaching after we prayed for her, and all of a sudden, here come these braces flying over these people. It almost hit me. I, I felt like on a bad day, I'd have threw them back. But, and there was a young man there that had muscular dystrophy, and he was all twisted up. He left that service unchanged until he hit the parking lot. And when he hit the parking lot, his bones broke free and they ran in the church and said you know that young man you prayed for I said yeah said he is out in the parking lot dancing and God healed him of muscular dystrophy there's nothing impossible to God but he does need you to speak the name but you remember when they started bringing the ambulances on the crusade field in Russia. Brought them out of the hospital. Brought them out of the hospital. The doctors were saying, 
you're not going to make it. Go to that church down there. And they came. They were coming. We had people the next night coming in gowns that had been totally healed. Cripples, cancers. We had 21 deaf mutes out of a school, and every one of them was healed. I prayed for the grandma. Then they said, that's her daughter, and that's her daughter. I prayed for the grandma. All three of them got healed. We had those people running up on the stage singing, and they sung worse than I did. They were totally healed. They're still in the church. They were totally healed. Totally healed. Teresa, you were with Ron in the Philippines. They came and got us after the first night of the crusade and said, we need for you to come. I said, no, it's only 7 in the morning. They said, well, they're stacking them up by the gates. You need to come. I said, well, you just make them comfortable. We'll get there. Remember that little boy that had no hip? He had no hip. He was a Muslim. Actually, no hip, so he couldn't walk on that leg. And the housekeeper snuck him out of the house and brought him. We prayed for that young boy, and God recreated that whole hip. And he took off walking normally. Look, that is not just... Carol, you and Charlie were with me in... Mexico, I called for the deaf and the dumb, and what happened? Eighty-one deaf and dumb people surrounded that church inside and then went outside, and every one of them was healed. Huh? Oh, yeah, she's telling of a lady who died in our church service. Her name is Mary Lee. And every time I see her, she says, Pastor, please tell the church I'm still alive. I just got married, and my husband lives in Tennessee. And God raised her after 25 minutes, raised her from the dead. Now, that is in the name of Jesus. Anybody can do that. If you're a believer, you can do it. Randy, you have crusades, and you go into prisons. All kinds of people get saved, right? Are you glad your hair is growing back? You won't shave your head again, will you? Not unless she allows me. Not unless she, okay. So, but yeah, you see miracles. Yes, sir. And how do you do that? Just in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Rick, you see miracles? What, how? In the name of Jesus. Folks, listen, if I can do it, Anybody can do it. And all we have to do is use the name. But the world is waiting for the unveiling that Jesus is the son of the living God. Start using the name of Jesus. This, you know, we always say, you know, the reason for the season is Jesus. Don't take Christ out of Christmas. Well, let's put him into our everyday life. Amen. Amen? Amen? Let's put him into our everyday life. And let's see the glory of God. I'm telling you, God is waiting to use you and I 
like we've never been used before. Hallelujah. Stand to your feet today. Don't forget, no Wednesday night service, but Thursday night service at 6.30. Hallelujah. Father, there is no other name that under heaven, in earth, whereby men must be saved. No other name, God, but the name of Jesus. It is the only name that possesses the power to free from sin. The only name that possesses the power to have men and women delivered from bondages. Father, that name is a name of protection, of healing, of restoration of a soul. If you are here today, you say, you know, I'm, I'm not a Christian. But you've heard that Jesus was the Son of God. He's the only person that made that claim. He is the only person that produced evidence to confirm it. If you are here today and you're not a Christian, you're here today, you never accept him in as your personal Savior. Well, he is here. And he is here to save you. He is here to reconcile you unto God. He's here to wash away all your sins. If you're here today and you are not saved, you're here today and you're a sinner, I'm going to ask you, as we sing this little course, we're going to ask you to step out in the aisle that is nearest you and come down, and I want to pray a prayer with you. Not for you, but with you. That you step in to salvation. Jesus came to die for your sins. Can we sing something, Ashley? Grave behind me, shake the dust off a run to Jesus. Come up here and let me pray a prayer with you. Grave behind me, shake the dust off a run to Jesus. And grave behind me, shake the dust off a run to Jesus. And grave behind me, shake the dust off a run to Jesus. And grave behind me, shake the dust off a run to Jesus. And grave behind me, shake lift our hands up towards heaven Father in the name of Jesus you've given us that name God's sickness must flee bondages must flee depressions must flee God we ask that you just stir us, Holy Ghost, to use this name.
tell people that Jesus is the Son of God. He is the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth, bringing salvation to a lost world, the mediator of all men. Now, God, we ask that you stir us and help us use that name. Let our faith begin to grow in that name as we search out and read the great stories in the Bible. Said that these things were written that you and I might believe. Now, God, we thank you. Open our ears, our eyes, that we will understand, that we will receive the word of grace, the word of faith. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God bless you. See you Thursday night.